welcome to this week's episode of the Linton Podcast of the Greater Decatur Churches. I'm Reverend Joya Abrams, and I am here with Dalton Rushing and Patrick Fallhaber. Say hi. Hello. Hey. And we are here this week to talk about the last Sunday of Lent, Palm Sunday, and the death of power. We're going to read from Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Patrick, would you please read that for us? Absolutely. When Jesus and his followers approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. Jesus gave two disciples a task, saying to them, Go into the village over there. As soon as you enter it, you will find tied up there a colt that no one has ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, Its master needs it, and he will send it back right away. They went and found a colt tied to a gate outside the street, and they untied it. Some people standing around said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them just what Jesus said, and they left them alone. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes upon it, and he sat on it. Many people spread out their clothes on the road, while others spread branches cut from the fields. Those in front of him and those following were shouting, Hosanna! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. After he looked around at everything, because it was already late in the evening, he returned to Bethany with the twelve. So this is another story that appears in all four Gospels. And it's very short here in Mark. Uh, If you read this story in the other Gospels, there's a lot more detail. If you even were listening just now, you noticed it said branches, not palms. But what it does say is it takes the time to say what Jesus said about going to find the colt and then the report back of the disciples finding the colt. So I find that interesting. Just why was that repeated? And I did a little research on that and found nothing. (laughs) 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 But what I did find um, was that there's so much symbolism in the choice of a cult, in the branches being spread on the ground. Um, And so I want to talk a little bit about that before we go on into the death of power. So the branches on the ground, the riding of a a cult, um, in some translations it could be a horse, this is what we sometimes have called, um, if you, sometimes even in your Bibles, it could be listed as the triumphal entry of mm-hmm. Jesus into Jerusalem. Um, what is symbolic here with the branches and with the horse is this is how a military um, victor would enter into a city. This is how the king would, be, would enter into the city. And so he, Jesus is doing this, but he's on a little horse, mm-hmm. a horse that's never been ridden before. And... They're putting down their coats on the ground for him and they're shouting out this Hosanna, but he's not a military Mm -hmm. leader. What I found really interesting, um, I don't know if you all, you might sing the song, Hosanna, Hosanna. Mm -hmm. And that word is probably really familiar to you Mm -hmm. also from our communion liturgy. Um, We say this, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power, might heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. These people, when they saw Jesus coming into town, they might have thought, 
finally, mm-hmm. our Savior. Because Hosanna actually means uh, save us. It is a word of praise, but it means save us. Wow. Help us, please. And so it's actually citing Psalm 118, um, verse 25 through 26. If y'all want to go take some time to read that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you read it, it won't say Hosanna. It'll say some other word. It'll say save us. But that's what the Hebrew is behind it. So when we think about this day, this we will have our palm branches at church. Um, and then to think back those 2,000 years ago, to expect Jesus walking, riding into town on this little horse and these branches and the expectation of these people. And they're shouting Hosanna. Save us. But the way he entered and how he preached and taught, that's not, I would think, what what one would expect for one to come in and take over the town and make Mm. it right. Mm. So much so that what we'll hear on next week's podcast about what happens on Friday, that these Hosannas turn into crucify him. Mm. So what I wanted us to talk about is when we think about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, similar to a king, similar to a priest even, the expectation of the power that he would would yield, would wield rather, but what it really is. And how have we experienced his power personally, pastorally in the church? Um, So the first question I, I have for us is, what is Jesus' power anyway to y'all? It's subversive, mm-hmm. um, which is part of what I love about this story. You know, we sometimes um, talk about how Easter is a bit of a joke, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that pejoratively. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Resurrection. I love it, right. And, no, like, and April <coughs> Fool's Day this year, just saying. Yeah, that, it is. It's <laughs> on April Fool's Day this year. But, like, it's a joke because Jesus surprises us, right? We yes. have this whole thing, and he's, he doesn't stay dead. But Palm Sunday is too. Yeah. And it's a joke on the leading powers of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not lost on me that one of the conversations we're having at the national level in the United States is about a military parade, mm. right. a show of power. Right. And so I'm imagining a situation where j- we sort of bring Jesus into 2018 and what his military parade would look like. Yeah. He'd ride on a little horse. Right. I mean, it's silly. It is. But that's the way Jesus' power works. Like, mm-hmm. every time I feel like I've got it figured out, Jesus says something subversive and silly that isn't silly for its own sake, but it, like, points to something greater. Right. Which is to say that while military power is what it is and it's powerful, it's no match for the power of God. Yeah. And the power of love. Right. Right. That's me think, makes me think it's, you know, I wonder if we put too much emphasis on the triumphal entry into mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Like, it mm-hmm. feels more like a joke, you know, yeah. like it's mocking this whole idea. I especially love the way the text ends here in Mark. Uh, he shows up to Jerusalem. It literally says he looked around for a minute and then went back to Bethany. Yeah. Like yeah. He's, he's like, like, okay, we're right. here. <laughs> Did that. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Good. And we'll then we're just, yeah, like he <laughs> entered in Mark's gospel. He doesn't even stay in Jerusalem. No. He sort of comes back a couple of days later. Like there's all this, it, it's, it's just not a thing. Yeah. Um, it's like going through the motions, but in a way that's mocking the motions themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in a way that is subversive, but even more than that, it's just like this whole thing about power here is ridiculous. Right. It's a laughing matter altogether. Altogether, right? Yeah. Because what I'm thinking, when I, when I, as I was listening to both of you and thinking about this more, like what is power and what and power over what? That Jesus has all power over life. In the military piece, it seems like it's more power over death. Uh. That it's power to cause death, mm -hmm. to yeah. cause pain. Whereas for Jesus, his power is to have love spring forth and life come out in these new and surprising, unexpected ways. And how, yes, there's an, there's an interplay between the two, but to realize which is much more generative, which is much more creative yeah. and regenerative and, and, and the one that actually is stronger. That when we say the death of power as the sermon title, maybe I wonder if it's more the death of our... Um, permission giving to certain types of power. Yeah. You know, we, Joya, you were talking about um, the, the cry of Hosanna and, and the, the people who, who were crying it, who were lining the streets, like were, were yelling it earnestly. Like they yeah. needed saving. Yes. Um, you know, that's what happens when you live in an occupied land. Right. Um, you know, we, we forget the specifics of what was happening in that part of the world. But I mean, these were, they were People, oppressed. They were <laughs> oppressed. And so they were crying that earnestly. And I honestly can kind of understand where they were coming from when they went so quickly from mm -hmm. from Hosanna to crucify him. Right. Because when you're desperate, <coughs> yeah. you know, you um, you turn quickly. And so I wonder, while this is a joke in some ways, it's a joke on power, what it must have felt like for those who needed physical saving. Mm-hmm. Or felt like they needed physical saving and didn't right. get it. Right. I mean, they didn't get it. And that is leads to the next question I have. Oh, so, so oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Because, go ahead. Sure. Uh, because you were talking about um, Joya, you were talking about the it's it's a parade around death, right? Mm -hmm. After a military victory, it's because you killed all the bad guys. Right. For Jesus, it comes right after he heals a blind man. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, he heals. It's the second story in the Gospel of Mark where he heals. Mm -hmm someone of his blindness and says your faith has healed you right. and then he hops on this colt to <laughs> ride right. into jerusalem it's like rather than um celebration over someone else it's celebration with, with. someone else right and, and restoration exactly Not in, conquest. in order to you know the the reason for the parade isn't about killing it's about no. renewal and not something that comes in even in the resurrection but something that comes moment by moment for every person yes and what's really interesting i'm so sorry i just uh, you were talking about it just it pulled me straight back into the scripture what's really interesting is right after he participates in this parade right mm -hmm. after he oh, lives into right. it yes he goes and kills something yeah he goes uh, and curses the fig tree he curses right. the yeah. fig tree yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's something about about even I wonder, you know, this obviously isn't in any commentary anywhere, but I, I wonder if even participating in that thing that puts you in the front of a parade around mm. any sort of might gives you this sense of control over wow. something else's oh, wow. life. Hmm. Like, I wonder if that human part of Jesus was starting to, was almost played out Getting because of that. Out you of know? balance. Bit. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, power and ego and all those things come with a parade about you, right. you know? Yeah. And so you don't get the thing you want, and so you kill the fig tree. 
<laughs> and then Jesus' ministry becomes, uh, he turns back into mm-hmm. helping the crowd. I think there's, interesting. I don't know if there's something actually there, but it's something that I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah those, those cool. peeking throughs. <laughs> right. Oh, okay, Jesus, that was weird. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, you healed a blind man, went on a parade, and then killed because a fig tree because you didn't, didn't get, get a piece w- of fruit. Right, like, Jesus, <laughs> what are you even doing? Right. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and to that, though, like, that's a weird thing, I think. We mm-hmm. could all probably agree that Jesus <laughs> did. Um, I have a question about Jesus' power, another one. How has Jesus' power ever disappointed you? Mm-hmm. How did you respond? Because Dalton kind of got at that. Like, yeah. here these people are, they're crying out in earnest, save us. They're desperate. And all you've got is to love people and to yeah. heal some blind stuff? Really? Yeah. That's all you <laughs> have to bring Jesus? Seriously? Yeah. So to ask you all, like, ha- have you ever experienced... Jesus' power, has it disappointed you? Hmm. I just, I'm always disappointed by the timeline. Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, my life is, is, is a testimony to God showing up exactly when, need, when God needs to show up, which is never on my timeline. Ever. And so, I mean, th- th- I bring that up because it makes me think that I've certainly been disappointed in Jesus' power, but it's only been because I have been so focused on what I think I need. Now, this is easy for me to say 2,000 years later from a great place of privilege, but Jesus did offer ultimately what those folks needed. They may need something else, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Like, I don't think Jesus says this is the only way of doing power, Um, but he did offer what they needed, which is to say um, a, a ground of being and the peace that is greater than immediate circumstance. Right. I've not been disappointed by Jesus' power. I've been disappointed by, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know the disappointment's the right word. I'm not, I'm not generally surprised when mm. God does things um, or doesn't. Mm-hmm. It generally makes sense to me. What I'm annoyed by more than anything is our general sort of human impatience around mm-hmm. what that means mm-hmm. and our sense of needing to guard our own safety while also following this Christ who says... Willingly got on a cross Right. And you know, there's just yeah. something... Th- I, I'm not disappointed by Christ. I'm disappointed by me when I put mm-hmm. those things ahead right. of what Christ's call is for us. I mean, Jesus is consistent. I am not. <laughs> so <laughs> the, um, the disappointment right. for me is myself. Right. And, on what, and how our expectations of what our salvation should look like mm-hmm. yep. gets in the way of actually really accepting our salvation. Right. And living into the reality of our salvation because it is not what we look and what it looks like. Well, I focus so much on what I need because that's, I'm a person, right? Right, and yeah. So the only things I know sort of, Intrinsically, are the physical needs I have mm-hmm. or the emotional needs I have. Right. In the time that you are. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so something that fills those needs, a power that fills those needs that is larger mm-hmm. than my own immediateness is hard for me to conceive of. So that's why I feel some sympathy for the folks yeah. who so quickly turned four days later or right. whatever. Yeah. Um, because I only know what I've experienced and I can read in scripture about what salvation is and I've experienced salvation, but I continue 
to learn what that means for me yes over and above my own immediate physical and emotional and spiritual needs right and for some reason right now i'm thinking about black panthers if anybody has seen <laughs> it great if you haven't yeah. well mm, a little spoiler <coughs> alert yeah. um just from what you were just saying about what do we need like in the in that movie there's this piece about um having all this technology that can solve so many issues um, especially w for African-Americans in the United States and all oppressed people throughout the world. Um, that, but that's the villain who wants to use the power, uh, who wants to use the power, the technology, to help level the playing field so that the people who are oppressed can go and fight the people who are oppressing them. But the good guys are like, no, no, that's not what we should do. Mm -hmm. And then there's some complication about what does that really mean, what the, what the other option is. Yeah. But I think about that in, in like, when you're when I was watching that movie, I was thinking, you know, I can kind of understand the perspective of of the bad guy uh. of but there's all this power over here that I can use to help win. Yeah, that I can use to, to free people. Yeah. But what we see in in scripture from Jesus, what we've experienced, I think, so far in our faith across these, uh, not just us personally, but throughout our heritage of faith is that the power of freedom where, where freedom comes from where liberation comes from isn't in tit for tat it's not in in, in making more war um and i think that jesus is pointing that out as he's walking riding in on a little horse yeah. um he's not he doesn't have a, an army behind him that's that wields um, weapons i think there are some translations some some one of the versions i can't remember which which um gospel there are children who are in the processional mm -hmm. who are waving the branches yeah so it's this as you were saying the subversion of what we expect and that's that's part of the salvation that's part of the good news of jesus yeah now we will turn our attention to the questions that we invite you to consider either in your own personal devotional time or Sunday school class or wherever you happen to be among others. First, how do you recognize the difference in Jesus's power and how society defines power? Second, have you ever witnessed Jesus's power and how did it surprise you? Third, what are some examples in books or movies that can help us understand the type of power that Jesus has. You can find these three questions and the podcast again um, at greaterdecatur.org. Also, we hope that you'll join us for worship on Palm Sunday and wave those palm branches. Next week, we will talk about Holy Week and travel through that final week of Jesus' earthly ministry. God be with you. Thanks for listening.